Good evening, and welcome to the VRO. Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to the VRO. Tonight is Wednesday, December 5th, 2012. My name is Lynn, and I will be guest hosting tonight. We also have Jessica with us on the switchboard. Our very special guest tonight is Mr. Daniel Gillies. Daniel stars as Elijah on The Vampire Diaries and also as Dr. Joel Gorin on Saving Hope. In addition, Daniel just recently released online his very own amazing movie that he wrote, directed, and stars in called Broken Kingdom. We are currently waiting for Daniel to call in, so hopefully he'll be on the line with us very shortly. So, Jessica? Yes. Well, hello, Lynn, and congratulations on your very first intro. You did a very good job on that. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I see some some people that I know in the chat room. I see Rin. I haven't seen I haven't seen Rin online forever since uh, True Blood back when I was uh, hosting with Justin. But um, <laughs> anyway, it's nice to see her in the chat room, and I see too many canines in there, and people are starting to to log into the chat room as we talk. Uh, Lynn saying, what's up, Jess? <laughs> yes, she just um, tweeted a minute ago saying that she was impatiently waiting. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we're, we are hoping that Daniel has remembered to call in. If not, then we will, of course, we will reschedule, and it's certainly not intentional on his part. He has a lot going on. So um, yes. we're going to wait a couple, a couple minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and just talk about ourselves and what's going on and, interact with the chat room until I see his number pop up on my switchboard. And if it doesn't happen by then, then we'll just uh, contact him separately and see if we can uh, reschedule for another night. Uh, But Lynn is the one that actually wound up booking this um, interview. So congratulations to you. Good for you. (laughs) Well, no, thank you to Daniel. I mean, he has always been just such a gentleman, so sweet and so very accommodating with things like this. He's so wonderful. Yeah, I, I mean, from meeting him at ICOM events and um, and things like that, he's he's always wanted to stay a little bit longer at events and likes to interact with fans. And I believe this might be him. So let me. I'm going to screen this real quick, and um, maybe you can tell everybody what. Uh, specifically you want to talk about with with Daniel while I'm doing that. Hold on one second. Okay, sure. Well, we are going to be speaking about uh, his various roles that he has right now, which, of course, are Elijah and Dr. Gorin, Joel Gorin, and then also his movie, Broken Kingdom, which I know he is very proud of, and rightfully so, because it's an amazing movie. And if any of you haven't seen it yet, up in the top where the uh, Variety Radio Online logo is in the little paragraph there, the intro paragraph, we have the link to download his movies. You can watch them streaming online, or you can download them and keep them forever. And it's just $5 or $8 for both Broken Kingdom and Kingdom Come, which is the documentary that tells about all the problems that they had raising funding and everything in order to get Broken Kingdom made. It's it was really an eye opener watching that. So, hey Lynn, I have I have Amy who's just called in, so she's going to chat with you. I have another call in here. I'm going to screen it and see if it's Daniel. 
Okay. Hey, Hello, Lynn. Hi. Hi. So our boy's late. Yes, he is, but you know he's <laughs> a busy okay. guy. So exactly. So we'll we'll give him that. Yes. So, um, listeners, we'll if Lynn didn't give you any background on who she is, she is basically <laughs> Daniel's social media. PR, is that what to call you? Because, I mean, you do a lot, like, everything for Broken Kingdom, um, I learned from you. So I was like, who else to do this interview than Lynn, you know? So everybody in the chat room, and if you're listening in archives, you better be good to my girl Lynn, and I'm me. <laughs> hey, uh, guys, Daniel is attempting to call in. He's tried to call in several times. His phone seems to be having technical difficulties. So he keeps popping up and then dropping off again. I did speak to him very briefly, and then the call got cut off. So he has not forgotten about us. He's just trying to get into us. Okay, well, that's good to know. He's trying. He didn't forget. Yay. Right. So I'll be popping in and out depending on if I can get him on the switchboard, but I'm still watching. Okay. Okay. And thank you, Amy. That was very sweet of you. <laughs> well, it's but, true, Lynn. It's true. Well, Daniel knows he's one of my favorite people in the entire world. So I try to keep up with everything that goes on with him and help him out whenever I can. Definitely. Um, Jesse, you still there, babe? Do she I? Might screen- she might be in a screening with um, Daniel. I was seeing if Jess was still there. Because I'm actually on the road, and I was going to, because Jess is running the switchboard tonight, I was going to tell her if he's having trouble call in, then maybe we can call him from the switchboard. Oh, okay. That would be good. So, um, yeah. So, see, so she's Jess. Okay, guys, I have, I have Daniel. He has finally made it in. I'm going to put him on right now, okay? Okay. Here he is. Hello, Daniel. Hi there. How are you tonight? This is Lynn. Hi, Lynn. How's it going? It's going very well. How's it going for you? I'm glad we were able to get you online. I know. I'm sorry. I, I ended up calling from my car. I sort of, I'm, I'm very proud of. I just got a new vehicle, and I and I um and I was trying to the, to do the hands-free thing because I was thinking I was stuck in traffic, but I was like, you know, I can do this from here. So I tried, and uh, it was miserable. It didn't. It, it, it kept. It kept going, not quite going through, and then going through, and then dropping me from the queue. And I don't. I don't know what was happening. Anyway, we're here now, so that's good. Yes, that's what matters. Technology can be great sometimes, but at other times, it can just be a pain. You bet. Okay. Well, I already gave our little introduction of you. Um, saying that, you know, you star not only as Elijah on the Vampire Diaries, but you're Dr. Joel Gorin on Saving Hope, and that you just recently released online your movie that you wrote, directed, and star in, that amazing movie, Broken Kingdom. So, Well, thank you for giving me such a thorough intro. Oh, you're very welcome. So, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm, um... I, I, I'm sort of busy. I, I, I've been running around uh, LA just trying to get. To, it's funny, you know. We, we we live very blessed lives, my wife and I, but we we're rarely in town. So when we get back to town, it's just uh, you just end up trying to 
get together all of the stuff that gets that falls by the wayside when you're not in town. But um, but at any rate, we 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 seem to be getting on top of it, or at least I'm deceiving myself that we are. I'm deluding myself that we have any kind of. I've got yeah, we've got guests coming around in a couple of hours, and and I haven't even started cooking. But I'm going to pretend that's that's not happening for the next twenty minutes or so. <laughs> well, that's good. Okay, so you you're. In a hurry, then we won't try to. No, I'm not. Um, I'm, not I'm not in any hurry. I, I've, I've got. I'm, I'm yours for the next half an hour. I think. Uh, I think I'm fine. They're not. They're not arriving for another hour and a half. So as long as they get an hour, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna wing it. I think you and I both know that I'm calling a takeout number anyway. Like I'm not. I'm not <laughs> cooking anything. Nobody's fucking cooking anything. I'm calling. I'm calling a number. It's gonna. It's gonna be Pollo Loco. Oh, who cares? You know. That sounds like a good option. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I was going to open with, you know, asking the the big hard question first, if you were wearing pants, since you seem to have such an aversion to them on Twitter, but since you're driving, I guess you don't have much of a choice. Huh? You, you know what? I'm I'm back at home right now. Um and 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 I and the answer to that, if you were going to ask if I was wearing pants at the time, I never wear pants while driving. It's just it's first, first, that's pointless, first of all. But also too, it's, um, but I, I actually do uh, I do this martial arts thing called Muay Thai. Actually, and during the days I tend to train, and I'm not kidding. I actually I actually despise pants like after I train because I I do wear pants, but it's a, these terrible sort of boxer. Not not boxer shorts, but shorts for boxers, you know. And it's the uh, I, people are so gross post workout. Why am I talking about this? I don't know. I'm just. I, I guess I'm just. Uh, I, there's there's a degree of shame when you've just purchased a new vehicle, and I was just driving home, and I was like, I've I've ruined this car already. Like I've I've already ruined it. Like I got three big dogs, and they've just like they've put their hair and slobber and 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 you know. And into every cranny and nook of that vehicle, and now I'm just thinking it up. It's just, it's the worst. Um, but uh, I don't know. Luckily, it looks like it can take a punishing, so I'll just I'll just have to drive with the windows down or something. Well, congratulations on your new car, and it's just getting broken in. That's all. But yeah, I, I guess so. It's um, it's it's weird. It's it's actually shaped. It's like a it's like a boat. It's actually a, a it's not, it's not really a car it's more like a hovercraft it has a it's it's, it's like a um yeah I don't, I don't know it, 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 some somebody made a a a car out of a boat like a long uh it, I think it was an old tugboat and I just thought oh that'd be cool that's kind of original so I so I thought I mean and, and that looks like it can take some wear and tear with the dog so I'm driving around a small a small tugboat. That sounds very interesting. Well, it's it's more like a dinghy that somebody put, you know, some some wheels under it. I don't know if it even works. It doesn't even really have an engine. It's I I cut some holes in the floor, like so I'm like a I'm like a Flintstone. I basically put my feet through the hole and and I propel myself along like that. It's uh, it, it's Rachel's not crazy about it. I'll be honest with you, she's not crazy about it, especially because um, because uh, I I sold the house in order to buy it. But um, but I just I had to have it. It was one of the, it was one of those impulse buys. I was like, I was like, babe, we, you know, we're gonna look back at this and laugh. So she's left me. She's she's left me on account of this car that I just got. It's shaped like a boat. Oh but, my uh, goodness! Well, we're getting all kind of scoop tonight, aren't we? Well, it's just uh, yeah. yeah. I'm sort of permanently high. 
Well, so I, I really want to give you the chance to talk about Broken Kingdom to everyone that's listening. So can you give us, just for those you know poor souls out there who haven't seen it yet, can you give just, first of all, a quick summary of the plot? Absolutely. Um, Broken Kingdom follows uh, two stories, uh, two major narratives. One is uh, the story of a uh, this uh, ostracized, vaguely eccentric American writer living in um, in Bogota, Colombia. You don't know precisely why he's there, but you know that he's running away from his life. And uh, and you know that he also has writer's block. And one night he happens upon this uh, incident, which is this 14-year-old prostitute girl who's you know sort of besieged by this attack in the streets of Bogota. And he, he sort of rescues her. And in an inadvertent sort of way, this girl they, they develop a relationship. He, he and this prostitute, and and, and they sort of be, she becomes his muse. And he sort of hires her not for sexual purposes, but rather for reasons that become clear as the movie progresses, but chiefly that she sort of enables him to be able to find his art again. And then the movie kind of cuts from there to Los Angeles, and there is a story between a um, a, a daycare center teacher, played by the gorgeous actress whose name I cannot remember right now, um, but she she sort of becomes a little bit obsessed with an African-American boy in her class, and... Uh, you don't know precisely why she actually becomes intertwined with with the the child's father and ends up sort of dating him and there's this it's this weird sort of study of obsession in these two different in these two different worlds and kind of it sort of compares and contrasts them looking at loss and innocence and and love and sort of asks uh you know basically the the movie as the movie unfolds you're sort of um privy to the secrets which seem to be weighing upon the protagonists. Right. Okay. Well, having seen the film a number of times now, I can tell you it it amazes me each time watching Kingdom Come as well, the the documentary about the making of it, how you made this film on less than a million dollars. Oh, much less than a million dollars. Uh, you know, and I, I, I think that that's where the most interesting films are getting made right now. I really do. You know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm eager to see, for example, like you know, Django Unchained, this uh, Tarantino film, because um, you know, a lot of people are telling me that it's just, it's just horrific, that it's terrible, you know, and it's just we're 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 in a period where people aren't people are making gimmicks now. They're not they're not really making films that mean anything, and I'm very very proud of the fact that we decided to go and do this film, especially because it was a huge sacrifice to step away. Um, Certainly, from my acting career, and you know, and also, which was my bread and butter, you know, like I, I really right. sort of made a decision not to earn any money, like, um, and luckily I had been working at the time, so I had enough to to healthily survive the first year and a half. Um, but you know, it was just uh, I needed to make something because I was becoming that bitchy actor that was talking about how terrible movies were, but I wasn't doing anything about it, and I'm, I'm proud of the film. I think it has. I think it has a real heart, you know, and it, and it actually sort of says something about the world in which we live, rather than um, rather than these gimmicky sort of movies that are just purely for entertainment. 
I'm not sure that I'm a believer in entertainment for the sake of entertainment. I, if uh, if you're going to do that, I, I I really recommend going and playing video games. But I actually think that there's a part of people that that resonates with with stories that touch the heart because the, you know I, I almost think that people feel good about themselves once they've emerged from a movie where they uh where they were emotionally challenged they don't like going into them but when they come out they feel you know it's like hitchcock said Hitch- hitchcock would often say that women would often describe you know uh, you know after coming out of a movie theater they would describe um the, you know a, a movie and say to their friend for example look i had a really good cry they described a cry as a good cry they they pinned that adjective to it you know and hitchcock would you know, sort of explore that. He'd say, "Now, what what is a good cry?" You know, it's it's a that's an interesting thing. And I'm kind of I, I'm similarly fascinated that we, you know, that we can go and I, I think there's something cathartic about watching people in the dark and or wherever you watch it. Now you can watch it on your laptop, your phone, if you want. But to to sit with to sit with characters, to be near them, to watch their lives, to watch their crisis or crises, as the case may be, and and undergo their dilemmas at, at the price of nothing really for yourself, like nothing from your own life is penalized other than time, and to emerge kind of having learned something emotionally because of... I think it's very special what we do. And I think the movies are... Um, I really do feel like that, you know, just generally speaking, there it's it's a circus out there, and, and, and a lot of things are falling into a, a kind of decay that 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 upsets me but um but I'm proud of that as a first film I'm certainly I'm certainly looking forward to making the next 1 2 3 4 however many I'm I can make and that'll be as many as I can make before I I go really Well, and that's something we very much look forward to can you give us any hints about what your next project will be Um I can't I I'm writing two at the moment and I and and really it's just going to be the one that I can kind of get greenlit first the one the one that I can find financing for first um I'm writing two, and they're both, you know, relatively challenging dramas. The the one of the stories is slightly more genre based, and that it, it it's like a psychological thriller. So it actually, you know, it has a lot more, I guess, of the bells and whistles that your traditional commercial films might have. But I can't really say too much more about it than that. And it's right. um, it's but it's, you know. In all likelihood, that'll probably be financed before my other piece, which is sort of saying, you know, talking a lot about man and the universe and things that people tend to steer away from because they don't want to be challenged when they go to the movies. Um, but that said, there are some amazing talents in this world. I'm not, I'm not like saying that, you know, there there aren't incredible filmmakers out there. Like, you know, you just have to look to a Paul Thomas Anderson or you know a Gaspar Noé or. Um, or you know a Wong Kar Wai or a Jacques Odiar. There's, there's, there are people in the world who are making great films. It's just um, uh, you know it's funny. Someone said to me the other day, a friend of mine who works for a major studio here, and that's name dropping, but it's true. Like you know, a guy said, you know, people don't trust their own taste anymore. It used to be that there were guys at studios who would kind of call the shots. You know, who would say, I think we should green like this. I think we should finance this because I think. 
that this is a great movie, and I'm not entirely sure whether or not it's going to make its money back or whether it's going to make money. And sure, it's a business. You know, people want to make their money back. But I believe in this film. Well, nobody knows anymore. Like, people think, well, if it's got The Rock in it, and if we spend this amount of money and we do this much P&R, and if we do, you know, and if, if, they, if somebody does a sex tape and somebody's on Leno fucking doing you know, making fart sounds with their hands, then, you know, it's just, there's, there's any there's any number of sort of um, ingredients to an equation that, that, that gets fed into this nonsensical graph. And then you have, and then you, you know, th- th- there's just no such thing as a shoo-in. I mean, Brad Pitt just made his second film with um, Andrew Dominic, you know. Um, the first was... Uh, um, Assassination of Je- Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, and the his last one is Killing Killing Him Softly, you know, which just released, and both of which tanked. I mean, this is Brad Pitt. He's not right. argue he's not arguably he is the biggest movie star in the world. There's no such thing as a shoe in. Like people don't want to go to a movie that they're not they're not certain that they know exactly what they're getting, and we're not encouraging them to either. We're not we're not. We, we're, we're culturally not telling, uh, encouraging people to in, into an experience. What's happened is, I think what's emerging now, and what I find fascinating, and boy, I'm talking long here, aren't I? Um, as, you know, as, uh, what I'm finding interesting emerging is some of the best indie writing in the business right now is surfacing out of um, cable network television. You know, like you, 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 you've got, whether it be Showtime, FX, HBO, or you know these shows like you know be it a uh, a boardwalk empire or a breaking bad or um a mad men you know th- there are these stunning shows that are that are um demonstrating the kind of prowess individuality and independence that film used to have and i think some of the greatest talents in the business right now are in are in television if i'm honest with you that's true there is a lot out there on cable right now. I mean, and just stun, stunning shows, shows that are taking risks, especially, you know, sort of led by um, HBO, which kind of created its its name, you know, uh, beneath the banner of things like, you know, Sopranos and Six Feet Under, and, 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 you know, it's just gone on to do, it just moves from strength to strength as a network because it's just brave. Like it says, why don't we try this? Why don't we try this? Why don't we, well, let's take a look at this. Like, think, they're not they're not about doing tried and true. They're, I mean, what's stunning too is like cable networks are getting the kind of numbers, numbers being ratings and number of people watching, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the film, sorry, the, 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 um, the episodes as, as major networks are, which are for free, you know, it, it's it's startling right. to me. So people would rather, you know, it's got to be disturbing, like NBC, ABC, CBS. It's got to be disturbing to them because they've got to be thinking uh, people aren't paying, and uh, sorry, so people are paying rather. You know, it might just be a little bit, but they're, they're paying. To, to see television, which is great, you know, it's like people would rather pay just a little bit more to get That's so right. much more, you know. Right. They don't have the lockup on all the the good television that's out there anymore on the network. Absolutely, absolutely, and it, and it's and it's a good thing that that power is taken away because right. the, the the moment we're sort of controlled, you know, you know, you you need a kind of an anarchy and. 
man, there is some there's a there's a beautiful anarchy happening in television. It's going through a golden period. Well, speaking of that, I hope one of those networks out there, cable whatever, picks up Saving Hope again for season two in the US because I was very upset to see it cancelled at the end of yeah, season one. I mean, Look, good shows get canceled all the time, and and I was very proud of that. So I think that um, I I actually look, it, it you know, was it Breaking Bad? No, you know, was it was it um, was it Game of Thrones? Absolutely not. You know, it, was it was it some you know stylistically had we seen it before in some ways? Yeah, we definitely had. I'm not I'm not going to stand there and say this is the most unique piece of work I've ever seen in my life. What I will say though was it was beautifully executed. Like it was a beautifully executed show, and it was really good, and it was better than most procedurals that are out there right now. It just had no backing. Like NBC decided, right. NBC decided that they didn't want to support the show for whatever reason. They made a decision not to put any money into advertising it. I mean, my wife right. and I had shows coming out at the same time, you know, and I, I that, that sounds yeah. so so. Uh, like I sound like such a brat when I say something like that, but my wife and I had um, yeah. had um, you know she had perception yeah. coming out, and I had um, Saving Hope, and you know, and she I was up shooting Saving Hope in Canada, and I was like, babe, what are they doing in LA? Are they doing anything in LA? Because there was nowhere you could turn in Canada where my hideous face wasn't plastered to a wall. I was I was everywhere I went, like the trams, buses, taxi cabs. Oh, it was like my goofy idiot mask was like gr- kind of grinning half like just shit eating i look i, I look um, i was a moron plastered all over the city of toronto but but the, the point i'm making is everywhere i looked they were advertising in canada and it was number one in canada you know you know that might sound like a lu- ludicrous assertion like oh number one in canada who gives a shit but but no, but but there's a reason. Like you know, what they invested, they got back, and they got higher numbers for that drama than they've than they've had for anything like ever. It it, it broke every it broke every record, you know, and and it didn't break every record because they'd spent that much money. It, they broke every record because they got word out there because they really really believed in it, and they so so that that departure between E1 the you know the Canadian investors and um, NBC was kind of. It was mutual. Neither of them really wanted to work with each other again. They decided halfway through, you know. And what, incredibly, too, like, even though our numbers were not strong to begin with, we were growing from week to week and uh, on NBC. And normally, when a show begins with that little advertising, they get, I don't know, three or four million the first week, and then they just die, you know, the next week. And we didn't. We wouldn't die, you know. And, and they could see that we were slowly growing, but that it was probably going to take another season almost in order to get the kind of viewership that they needed and 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 they just they didn't want to wait that long so they pulled us off, off after episode 10 which was sort of bizarre because we were only two from the end and you know whatever it 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 it's neither here nor there now i'm so, i certainly wasn't angry about it look uh, you know every year hundreds of pilots get made hundreds you know and a handful get picked up to go to series you know just like a, 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 a i mean it's something like 1% you know of shows right. get picked up of the hundreds of pilots they make every year. So first of all, you you know this is how difficult it is to be an actor in 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 this climate. You got to get a show. Your show's got to get picked up. Your show's got to make it to second season. You know the fact that something like The Vampire Diaries is on season four now, and there's no question they'll be in season five and six. You know that's 
that's the holy grail. It's very it's very difficult to achieve that, you know. And um and so and you know and, and a lot of times it's just you know it's it's a it's a number of sort of prerequisites, but not the least of which is like having a network behind you that really believes in it. And I think that's why CW is exceptional. They don't take anything on that they don't that they don't want to support with all of their hearts, you know. And I think NBC was just sort of floundering. And I, you know, okay. and frankly, it, I I don't understand how networks work. It's not it's not my domain, nor is it my expertise. But I still, um, you know, I still really believe in saving hope. And look, you know, we got picked up for another 18. E1 has decided to, to finance it again. They're going to try and find a home with another network in the United States. Um, right. I don't know who that'll be. I, I have no idea who that'll be. I, I know that there are several parties that are swimming around and that are interested. We'll just see. Like you know, I'm contractually bound to, to, to go back there, and I won't go back till till March or so. And in the meantime, I guess I'll do some some vampire diaries, and um, and we'll we'll see what happens. That sounds wonderful. Now, evidently, Saving Hope is doing something right, being moved from 13 to 18 episodes, and it just debuted in Italy. This week and yeah. to rave reviews from what I saw on Twitter. So I know. Awesome. I, I I I have not. You know, I'm terrible. Like as you probably noticed, I'm 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 I barely get on uh, Twitter these days. Uh, I, yeah. I, when I'm when I'm back in LA, I, I I tend to put my head down and write. You know, but I've got I've got to jump on. But I, somebody told me that it had aired in Italy, and um and I was I was curious to see how it went. You know. It went well, according to all the Twitter feedback. It went oh, very nice. well. I wonder how it went. This is so statistical of me. I wonder how it went with the ratings. Anyway, um, a, but I'm sure that'll come out soon. Yeah, you know what? If the, I, 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 I'll, I'll hit you up, Lynn. I'll find out what the hell's going on in the world. <laughs> you, you, you seem to always be on the pulse of it. So, like, I, I, trust me, you'll be getting an obnoxious call from me. How do we do in Italy? How, how do we do in Italy? Anyway, I'm going to stop Feel talking because I'm, I'm 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 growing nauseous at the sound of my own voice. Oh, are are you okay? No, no, just because I'm I'm I, no I'm I'm just I'm going to let you guys talk for a while because I I, I I'm super bored of me. Um, well, let us talk for a while. No, the, we never get tired of hearing you ever. So you should know that. Well, I, I have to throw some vampire diaries in here, you know, because you have such an enormous fan base for that show for Elijah. I mean, he is such an epic character. So, uh, who plays Elijah? Elijah doesn't Paul Wesley play Elijah? Oh no, I play Elijah. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> yes, your character. Remember that guy? We haven't seen him in a while. Uh, he's 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 splendid. I love Elijah. He's the he's the, he's the wig specialist. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like that that character. Well, so do a lot of people. You are not alone in that. Um, so, have, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the show since you haven't been on it, but uh, Elena is now a vampire. I do. And okay, well, I know that one thing that you've always said in interviews when asked how Elijah feels about Elena is that he values her humanity and how she is such a strong person and everything, being human amongst all these you know, people with supernatural powers and everything. So so what do you think is going to change? How, does, how do you think it's going to change how he feels about Elena with her 
being a vampire now when he finds that out. Look, she's she, she's sexy no matter what. I think he's. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 maybe you know. I don't know now. now uh, you know, maybe before it was just kind of like a, a, a fascination from afar, like like admiring a sort of a, a fragile ice sculpture, like looking at a human being. But mm-hmm. now, now he's like, all right, she's kind of she's kind of bulletproof. It's open season now. They're going to be dating. They're going to be they'll be dating by the end of next season. You watch. You watch. Elijah. Yeah, Elijah. You know, I think Elijah needs pocket squares this season. I think I'm going to give him some pocket squares. I'll see if I. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about a carnation. I think I might be overdoing it. I don't want to, I don't want him to look like he's going to prom, but he certainly. Uh, I wonder what haircut he's going to have next, or what beard yeah. I can grow for him. I think Elijah needs oh. a beard. I imagine if Elijah had a dreaded. I I like the idea of Elijah with a uh, Jack Sparrow beard, maybe some beads, and 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 then we'll and then we'll see how Vampire Elena responds to that. See, see, she needs rugged. Everybody looks too beautiful in that show. That's this. This is why I've kept my job, and I also because I, I, cause you walk in, and people are like, "Oh, finally, somebody like normal looking." I can relate to him, and people are always like congratulating me on like uh, the superb acting. I think it's really just that they're like, "Great, like that." That looks like a dude. A dude I I knew who I kind of might have teased in high school. Anyway, here he, <laughs> here he comes. Oh, yep, he's being obnoxious. There we go, and that's it. It's done. Fuck it, you know, you know. And then just take the applause, and we're out. Um, no, but uh, but but we'll, no. I, I I promise you. Well, I don't promise anything, but I'd love to do beaded beard. I don't, I don't know where that came that from. That would be different. Um, so, I was gonna ask you um, if you could pick any time period or location for a flashback scene for for the originals. What would it be? But it sounds like it would be some kind of pirate scene. Um, no, I would pick. Uh, about 45 minutes ago, um, in the uh, you know in the traffic I was sitting in, you know, with, with, you know, uh, dri- driving driving all the vampires in, in my new boat car, and I'd be t- and I'd be telling them, you know, I, I'd be telling them to step on it a little bit so I can get back here and 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 be on time with my interview, rather than holding good decent people up like yourselves. <laughs> You got to see my boat car. I don't have a boat car. I just want I just want you, I just want you to like me. And 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 truthfully, I I, I wanted to impress you. I don't have a boat car, but but Rachel is leaving me. That's not that's not a mistake because you know, I I did more well, than I'm, enough. I I I I've been I've been betting a lot on greyhounds these days. I'm not talking about the buses. I'm not talking about the buses. Yeah, um, I already know there's no possibility of Rachel leaving you. You two are Wonderful together, such an well, amazing couple. That and the fact that I had implanted one of those electronic ankle bracelets, <coughs> you know, signal things. She she gets an electrical charge if she leaves the property without you know, my no, knowing or without my authority. It's 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 a weird kind of jurisdiction. It's a New Zealand thing. We just put we 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 implant into into the ankle. Just a, it's a it's a it's a small voltage thing. It's not like I'm not I'm not hurting. It's not abuse. It's just mm-hmm. it just lets her know you cannot leave this property, this premises without. Me knowing, so, uh, so like no, you, 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 you're quite right. She can't. She. It's just like a. I mean, uh, I wouldn't call it slavery, but it's de- it's definitely there's a there's a, there's a degree of control that I, I like to have, and, and I think every every husband should have. Um, Forty nine ninety nine. You can buy them from any spy shop. Incredible. 
kind of like one of those electric dog shot collars. Well, kind of, yeah. Except it, it, except it comes in the form of an adorable anklet, and, and but, uh-huh. then, but then it, you can just sort of. Uh, but th- there's, there's a there's a little aspect to it that look, looks like a troublesome clasp, and mm-hmm. then you just but then it, it just inserts itself like teeth in the anklet. That's it. It's there. You can't get it out. It's like it's like the barb of a of a bee sting almost. It's in. It doesn't really hurt the uh, the victim too much. They f- I mean they feel horrendous pain, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt me. The guy who purchased it, so that's the most important thing, I think. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay. <laughs> well, as long as you at least get it in, you know, designer, designer colors and stuff. Oh, it, it looks, oh it's it's gorgeous. No, it looks like no. I, I think um, it was it was Ralph Lauren who actually sort of painted the the, the first couple, but they, they were for sort of um. There were sort of like a fun party favor. He, he was sort of giving out gift bags and 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 uh, these sort of Parisian soirees. But um, I, I don't know. But yeah, apparently he designed the first one, which looked look amazing. Although mine had a, uh, had an Yves Saint Laurent logo on it, so I don't know what uh, yours. You you know, maybe, maybe there's some sort of um, some mimicry going on in the fashion world. I don't know. So you mean you have one too? You said yours. Oh no, no. Well, by mine, I mean the one that I purchased for Rachel. I would never put anything ah. so, so ghastly on, on on my any part of my body, just because of the searing pain alone. I just I couldn't do it. Um, anyway. Okay. Well, now you've gotten me so totally off track. I just don't know if I can ask a serious question. I, I trust me. Now, listen. I'll, I'll answer a serious one as seriously as possible. Okay. Okay. Here's a good question. Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. What's the fascination with him? Well, I, I want to ask you a question to that question. What's not the fascination with him? <laughs> let's let let's let's just take one good look at him. He's everything a guy should be. Um, he's got. Uh, he's like what? He's six three. He's the handsomest guy we've ever seen. He drives around in a Ferrari in the 80s, which we all know was amazing, where, where nothing had any consequences, where everybody was kind of rich. He works for some sort of stuffy old curmudgeon called Higgins, although there's apparently this authoritarian figure who owns the, the ranch that he works for called Robin Masters, who we never see. Mystery, hello, I love you. Um, he's, he's always kind of getting the girl. And... He, he's kind of like this contemporary Indiana Jones, which, ironically enough, he was cast as originally. He was the original Indiana Jones. Did you know that? No. Tom Selleck. Tom, Tom Selleck was originally cast as Indiana Jones. You know why he couldn't do it? Why? He couldn't do Indiana Jones, Lynn. He could not do Indiana Jones because he was contractually bound to Magnum P.I. Now, any any, oh. any man any any man who does Magnum P.I. and, and and first of all, I'm just going to say this. Here's some, here, here comes some uh, potty mouth stuff coming your way. I say fuck Indiana Jones. Fuck Indiana Jones. Magnum P.I. would crush Indiana Jones. You know, those those shorts pulled up to, I mean, beyond his nipples. Like any man who can withstand that kind of, you know, that, like that, that's that's beyond. That's almost like a male chastity belt. It's 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 so far up to and beyond his nipples. Like there there, there are octogenarians. You know, living in retirement homes on the outskirts of Redondo Beach, who've never ever had their pants that high. Anyone who could withstand that kind of pain—it's like a denim diaper. <laughs> he, he's 
he's phenomenal. Like it's that, that alone, I, so he's, he's always kind of like you know, he's always in a kind of pain, which I think is amazing. On top of that, he's got like the, the best voiceover of all time. And for as rugged and handsome as he is, he doesn't. He always plays sort of this goofy aspect of himself. Like he's never, like whatever situation he's in, he tries to find a way to play it like an antihero, like a guy. Like he finds a really true way into the scene. He's got a slightly high voice, which is, seems a little weird for a guy that's kind of, again, rugged, handsome. I, you know, have, I, have, I, have I mentioned that he's handsome so far? Yeah. He's just, he's just like, I'm not saying I want him to be my dad necessarily. But there was some part of my childhood where I did, I did, if I'm honest with you, I did have fantasies regularly where he was my father. Anyway, back to topic. I mean, I can go on and on. You know, this is a shopping list for me. His, his, he always was self-deprecating, and so even in these moments, which made you feel even closer to him as a protagonist. Go back and look at his performances. Like, pull up, pull up any scene. He's so good and so funny in scenes where. If you just listen to the, the the raw dialogue, they're not very particularly well written scenes. But his interpretation of that dialogue is always so sublime and magnificent and transcendent beyond anything that that Magnum PI was offering. He just uh, he's he's just tremendous. And then don't even get me you can't you can't even begin to talk about his mustache. It's like to, talking about his mustache is like trying to talk about brush strokes in the Mona Lisa. It's like you can't you can't actually tell a person what makes the Mona Lisa wonderful. You just kind of have to to see it. Like it's like oh yeah, it is a miracle when I see it. Like I'm not going to try and explain you know the, the kind of DNA that creates that, the kind of lip that has to support that. It's just it's it's it's, it's like watching it's like watching a Pegasus take flight. That that mustache. That's pretty impressive. Have you watched his new show, The Jesse Stone, that he appears in every now and then? No, I haven't. <laughs> uh oh. Well, I, I just, now you I, can't I, be I'm, a proper fanboy. Right, here's the reason why. I'm disappointed that he didn't make an appearance on that show as Magnum. I kind of, I kind of want him, <laughs> I kind of want him to be Magnum in every show. I want him. No, he's he, he's truly magnificent. Is it, is it Blue, Blue Bloods? I was watching. Uh, he's 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 terrific. I, I actually kind of, uh, in all truth, would would like to meet him. Um, not necessarily, um, you know, trade moustache stories with him, but that wouldn't that wouldn't hurt. But I'd I'd love to have a beer with him and maybe mud wrestle after. That would be fun. I was gonna ask if you had ever actually met him. No, I never have. I never have. But you can be certain that. He's going to play my father sooner or later. If I have, a, if I have, to, if I have a say about anything, Tom Selleck will be my father. I'm, I'm not. I'm not altogether certain that he isn't my father even now. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of your father and your family, and this brings us a little bit back to Saving Hope. Um, and tell me if I'm keeping you too long, because I don't want you to be late for your guests. But um, I know your family is. A lot of them are in the medical profession and every, everything, and I just recently heard on an, uh, another interview you did that you have an ancestor that is famous for uh, his pioneering work in plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. He was the first plastic surgeon. Um, his name is Sir Harold Gillies. He's um, he 
<laughs> now anything that comes out of my mouth sounds like I'm, I, it's bullshit, um, and it's not. He he was the first plastic surgeon. He was um, and basically men were returning from the First World War, and their faces were uh, annihilated. It was trench warfare, so from from shrapnel and bullets and and all of the ghastly things that accompany, um, you know, mm-hmm. those kinds of uh, that kind of violence and situation. Like, you know, it was was it was men were returning looking like zombies it was it's it was was forget the you know the turmoil of of the pain itself like there's also the you know the psychological adjustment when people were literally returning with their jaw missing or their nose missing or their face you know their their eyes and and returning to their loved ones having just fought for king and country you know so he was he um performed the very first skin graft um he was the first plastic surgeon to try and build rebuild noses he tried to build. He built jaws. He built mouths. I've seen his original medical books, which my family owns. We have we have his his books, which is and wow. uh, they're some of the most gruesome studies of the human face and body that, that I've ever seen in my life. Which, of course, as you can imagine, when you're eight or nine years old, are the most morbidly fascinating things on earth. And you know, and so we were in a lot of trouble for sort of flipping through, flipping. By the way, quite sort of irreverently through these antiques and and kind of like in the medical profession they'd be considered kind of like you know the magna carta um and uh and we were just sort of randomly tossing them around my brother and i going ah look at this face this is crazy you know with no sort of empathy whatsoever for the people but but it's 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 quite dazzling what he did and he did it um yeah, he was he, he was a great man, and he's um and I still go into offices, to medical offices here in the states and in Canada, and I'll I'll say, oh, my name is Daniel Gillies, and I'll be like, oh, are you are you Sir Harold's? You know, you're at all related to Sir Harold, you know? Wow. Uh, yeah, he was knighted. Um, and um, I'm like, yeah, he was uh, he's my great 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 grandfather. No, uh, my great 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 grandfather. On my father's side, obviously. Um, and so yeah. Uh, that is really amazing. Yeah, it's it's tremendous. You know, on top of that, you know, my uncle was my uncle's a doctor. My aunt was a nurse. My uncle's um, uh, uh, several of my uh, a couple of my aunts were nurses. Um, my uh, on both sides of the family, my mother was a nurse. My father's a doctor. My uh, my sister's a nurse. Um, it's just like it's just a very medical family. Um, I had no interest in in that stuff at all. I don't really like, um, I don't really like to know about the inner workings of the, of the human body. It creates a sense of sort of fragi- fragility, I guess. In me, mm-hmm. I, 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 it starts to make me uh, not queasy, but certainly certainly anxious about how how easily we can we can go. You know, there, there, there really are a lot of diseases that can take a person. It's it's a miracle yeah. that we're around. It really is. When when like you said, you think about how fragile the human body is and Absolutely. how many ways there are to get hurt or die or anything. It, it's yeah, it's kind of scary. <laughs> Thank goodness there are people out there who do want to pursue the medical profession to help the rest of us. Absolutely, and they're they're heroes. Those guys are superheroes. Yes, they are. Well, I know you. Did a hero act just recently? You went and donated blood for the Red Cross. That's not a hero act. That's a that's a guy. That's an actor taking an afternoon to, to go and put a needle in his arm. 
it's, it's, it's the opposite of being a hero. But thank you very much for for for, for deeming it as an act of heroism. I, it's very very sweet and charming of you. Um, but people should give blood. I I'm 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 made a decision now. I'm, I'm going to do that at least once a year because men, do they need blood? Especially with all those motorcycles out there in the world, they need lots of blood. Mm. Well, that was. You may say it's not an act of a hero, but really it is because I mean you don't know you could have saved someone's life. So. Well, I hope so. You know, one thing's for sure: whoever, whoever experiences and enjoys my blood is going to feel just a little bit high for, for, for a little while. I, 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 they won't know why. They'll be rambling, stupid, nonsensical nothings. And uh, hey, did you guys hear that John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John just did a Christmas like thing together? They did like a Christmas, I guess, like a really? video video or something together. And apparently, it's amazing. Like that, we should all be watching it. That it's just like. One of the funniest things, maybe in our young lives. Oh, well, I'm not young anymore, but in your young lives and my oh. lives. So, but, but I should I should watch. Uh, I'm just looking it up online right now. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John Christmas special. Anyway, I'm going to shut this. But apparently, it's uh, it might be one of the greatest comedies of 2012. Oh, well, you'll have to tweet the link later so we can all enjoy it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean. I've got, you know, you know I could talk to you forever, but I, like I said, I don't want to keep you if you need to get to oh, getting ready for your guests. So. give me, you know, I'll, I'll give you, let's, let's call it a day in 15 minutes. Is that okay? Okay, that's great. Cool. Sounds good to me. Okay, well, you know, you were saying that when you have time off like this, you like to write. Mm-hmm. So Elijah's off on these jaunts. He disappears for months at a time, goes off on his own, and God only knows what he's doing. So here's a chance for you to use your imagination. I know, kind of scary, but what do you think Elijah does when he goes off on these little solo jaunts? He goes whoring. I think that I imagine he he just loves. Uh, I, I think he goes to Panama. I think he has a penchant for cocaine. I think he likes gambling. I think he I think he likes um, I think he likes dog fighting. Um, I, I'm, I'm not talking about like oh you know hopefully, hopefully this dog will triumph over the other. I'm talking some fucking Michael Vick shit. They, they, he's, He's he's, oh, he's he's savage. Yeah. No, no. Tr- trust me, I don't agree with Elijah. I don't I don't condone any of this behavior. But I know, I know this is what he gets up to. I mean, jo- Julie Fleck and I have discussed it endlessly. He's he's he loves I, I, he loves prostitutes. He has a weird thing. It, I, I mean, I, for Panamanian prostitutes, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know when that developed. Some, perhaps somewhere during you know. You know the early settlement of the Americas. Some somehow he found like Incan women or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't ask me about his depravity. I'm not responsible for his depravity. He, this is just what he. I'm just. I'm. I'm a witness. You know to this stuff. I think he. I don't think I know. He enjoys stealing great art, and then you know, painting false mustaches on on faces, and then you know, and re- and returning them sort of upside down, or or sometimes he'll throw glitter on you know. He, he he just he loves stealing things and putting them back. It seems that's one of his. Uh, you know, Julie and I were in talks to to make a spinoff about that alone. Actually, at, at one certain point, um, I think he, I, I think he's a designer in many ways of, of women's clothing. I think he likes short shorts. He does. He, he's he's done a whole range of kind of um, of uh, of sunglasses that also 
uh, that double as kind of a candy, I guess. In Europe, it's really popular. Well, in Japan, it's really popular. So not uh, not Europe. Um, and 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 now in Korea, they've just opened the line in Korea. But like, but but he does it all under you know alternative names. But he's I think he's um I think he's a, he's a splendid rainbow trout fisherman. Um, I also think that um. I also think he he teaches hip hop um, to inner city kids. Yeah. And, but yeah, he does. I think he does that twice a week. But he's he's got a real he's an incredible hip hop dancer. Um, but uh, oh. yeah, weirdly oh. enough, he's he's a, he's a vegetarian. Like doesn't you know like uh, so? But he's but he. Uh, well, wait. How but, can he be a vegetarian and be a vampire? Well, that's the, when have you ever seen Elijah dig his neck and dig, dig his teeth into the neck of another uh, character on the show? Well, never. That's never. one of the big questions. When we're going to see Elijah Vance? He's not drinking blood out of those bags. He's drinking some of the. Some of the uh, it's the, sort of a condensed raspberry um, configuration that he's made out of the, the candy sunglasses that he makes for the kids in Korea. He just microwaves it or whatever and puts it in the bag. It's, mm-hmm. he, he likes the feeling of the bags. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a processed sugar, but I, I, for some reason it, it, it provides him with some degree of nourishment. I think he puts kombucha and kind of a kale mix in there as well, so he has some degree of sustenance. But um, no, I mean he's a, he's a bu- he's a busy guy. I think he's I think he's he, I think he's really good friends with Ray Fiennes. I, 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 he, he and Ray Fiennes like to. Um, the, 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 I think they at one. Point in their history together, they they both threw javelin together. I don't know. I don't. Know, I, I don't know. If, I think it was just on a field on one of um on the on the many acres of one of Rafe's you know farms outside of outside of London. But they they, they threw a javelin. I don't know. I don't know whether they have targets or anything. But he's a he's, he's a busy he's a busy fellow. Sounds like it. I guess, you know, with all these centuries of time, he's had a chance to really perfect a lot of different skills. Absolutely. You know, he's just, he's re- he's really living it up. He's spending as much time away from Mystic Falls. I think in one of his first lines, in the first episode that he appeared, and I think he says something like, you know, when you brought me to this armpit of civilization, like, he really means it. Like, he's not, you know... Mick Jagger once called the city called Invercargill in the south of New Zealand. He called it he called it the asshole of the world. And I, it was the first city it was the first city where I remember having a home in New Zealand. And I remember that Mick Jagger had come to town and called my hometown the asshole of the world. I think that you know I think that in some ways you know Elijah has the same feeling about Mystic Falls. If he, if he if he wasn't so sort of smitten with um, with Elena, I think he he's, he he definitely. Uh, Definitely got his eye on that. I don't know why. What it is? Because I personally don't. I I I don't know what that is. I, but 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 Elijah loves Elena. So this whole noble vampire persona, though, that's put out there is just totally bogus. Oh no! It's 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 one hundred percent bullshit. I mean, he's made billions of dollars at the expense of uh, of drug addicts. I mean, he's 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 literally, I mean, he did a lot of he does more sort of over the counter narcotics now selling mostly sort of Adderall, Ritalin and kind of uh, you know, just sort of uh augmented drug sources, but he's but he's uh he's certainly w- w- there was a time when he was responsible for, you know, some of the, you know, the largest quantities of narco trafficking in, you know, North and South America. He's, he's he loves yeah he loves weed. I don't I I don't smoke I don't smoke weed. I think I think it's abhorrent. I can't I can't do it. I don't even know how. I wouldn't even know. 
I wouldn't even know what end of a joint to put into my mouth. But <laughs> Elijah is constantly sort of stoned. Look at him. Look at him on the show. He's kind. He kind of. He looks a little bit high. If you think about it, <laughs> you know. If you want to, you know, it's it's just he's 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 high. I think I think somewhere in Elijah's brain, um, the Jimi Hendrix version of All Along the Watchtower is always playing. Just to see, you know, sorry. I'd say Purple Haze, but that's a little cliche. Well, I hope Julie doesn't get upset with us for outing this hidden side of Elijah. Oh, Elijah, he's a, he's a, he's a busy, busy ancient vampire. <laughs> In more ways than one. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. So, on your bucket list, I know you said that someday you do want to meet Tom Selleck, so that's one thing that I know is on there. What else is on your bucket list? What's something that you really want to accomplish? Um, well, I guess I just want to make more movies, you know. Um, I also, I just want to, you know, I think it's a privilege to be able to make a movie. It's also incredibly difficult. Um, but I think I just want to make more films and say something back to, I'm very grateful to be alive, you know. And and I think I just want to say thank you back to the universe with um, with, with movies. So, some people might argue that my movies are like a fuck you rather than a thank you, but I, but but I, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's 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 not interpreted that way. I look at it as an act of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Well, you did such an amazing job with Broken Kingdom, so oh, thank I thank you so much. Look very much forward to anything else that you put out there. Are you going to put parts for yourself in these movies? Uh, only, only the naked ones, uh, and 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 frankly, and, and only if they're female. I can't, I, I can't see myself doing anything else. Uh, but but that's, that's the only way I can direct myself as a naked, obese Korean woman in her late sixties. That's the only. I, that's that's. The, I think that's the next role. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm really going Christian Bale on this one. Well, definitely be interested in that one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, well, I don't want to keep you any longer. I don't want you to have to rush and be late for getting ready for your guests. But... Well, look, thank you very much for having me. And I'm sorry if there was any confusion in the beginning. I, I sincerely was trying <laughs> to get through and um, and not having yeah. the greatest luck. But thank, thanks very much for, for having me in. And uh, I really, I really, uh, I love the VR. Uh, and uh, yeah. thank you very much for for having me. And I look forward to talking to you guys again. Okay. Well, before you go, if you could make a little shout out for the VRO. You know, we uh, do this at the end of every interview. Just didn't I just give the VRO a shout out? What do you think I just <laughs> did, Lynn? Lynn? There you. What are uh, what, 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 like? If you took that as a soundbite. I just want to say that I love you all at the VRO. How can how, how does it get any better than that? I just said like, all right, all right, all right. You want to, you want to gild this lily? Perfect. What a what a right. We had this wonderful time. We had this, we were having this wonderful time. All right. Now now what's my shout out? What what do I specifically say? You just say, say your name and that and and you can. 
Napoleon, Broken Kingdom, and Saving Hills, and whatever you want to in there, but especially Broken Kingdom, because, I mean, that was our main focus on this this talk tonight, and then the VR. You know, you haven't given me any... Do you realize, if I played back to you what you just said to me, there's zero instruction on that. There's, like, literally nothing that... You just say, mm, you talk about Broken Kingdom and... I'm like, what What? What was that? This is not articulate. Let, let me... I'll try and take it over for you. I think we were trying... To, look, first of all, thank you very much also, too, for letting me speak about uh, Broken Kingdom on this. This has been really great. If any of you guys out there want to go and, uh, and, and see this film, you, you ought to because it's really... A very special film, and there's some really lovely performances in it. Um, most of them are done by Rachel, um, but you've got to see it. It's it's on www.brokenkingdomfilm.com, and uh, it's it's a really touching, special little movie, and I'm, I think it's a real testament to the fact that you don't need millions of dollars in order to take a, and tell a really special story you know, through cinema. Also, um, I just want to say a big shout-out to the VRO. Thank you so much for having me as your guest. Once again, I can't wait to come back and chat with you guys again soon. You are lovely. Okay. That'll work. <laughs> that'll, that'll work? Don't, don't, make it, don't make it sound Don't sound so thrilled. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that'll, that'll work. All right. Well, I'm no, sorry to disappoint. That was no, you know. All right, all right. Well, yeah, I, I know where I'm kind of. That was like the sound yeah. of one golf clap, one very lonely <laughs> golf clap taking place in a car park about eight miles from here. Um, all right. Thank you so much, you guys. Daniel. I'll talk to you soon. You know, I love you. Thank you very much for coming on tonight. No problem. Talk to you guys soon. Bye bye. Good night. I don't know how you kept this. <laughs> we kept it together on that land, number one. And number two, why? why? <laughs> you really browbeat him into that last sound clip. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't say this is Daniel Gilly. <laughs> no, no, he wouldn't. But it's okay. You know what? It's fine. Anytime he comes on again, he, he really doesn't have to do the sound clip anymore because we already have an original of his saying that. But, um, <clears throat> but I am definitely... I'm just... I'm definitely going to tell Amy to, to go back into the episode, and if she she's not laughing too hard, to pull the section where he basically says that he loves the VRO because that was awesome. Yeah. So you're going to you're going to have to contact him back and let him know. Like, look, I, I was just a little nervous, and I and I uh, I lost it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to follow instructions. That's all. And he said, tell him to say this, and I was trying to get him to say that. But, hey, what he said was wonderful, so it's all all good. I'm surprised she asked asked you to do that, Um, but because uh, she hates to do that herself. She always makes me do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you've just been hazed, my dear, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, um, and he didn't really to get away with it either. <laughs> no, no, he was just he was just drawing it out. But you definitely, I hope I hope he um he knows that we absolutely love having him on. And I could I was telling uh, you in the in the chat a private chat that I could listen to him all day. But I am really glad that I was not the one doing the interview because I would have been giggling through the whole thing. 
Well, I know I'm going to be on there giggling through a lot of it because he is hilarious. So much fun. Yeah, and he's one of those well, guys like um, like uh, Rob Prago and Matt Davis where you just you just ask a question and then you sit back for a half hour while they answer it because it's that's right. my favorite interview when they just do the interview themselves. Mm-hmm. Like when you get Rob, to... when you get Rob, and um, I don't know if you've ever met Kelly, um, Kelly, um, what's his name, McClung in person, but the two of them together, you basically ask one question for the entire interview, and they'll go off on their own tangent for the next hour and a half. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love, love, love talking to him. And, yeah, he he definitely takes the ball and runs with it, and that's wonderful. Love it. It's so much yeah. better than trying to pull, you know, answers out of someone. Yeah, I actually... I think the only interview that I really had a hard time with was Eddie Furlong. <laughs> and I was just like, um, yeah, this is the worst interview I've ever done. <laughs> but um, I hope we can strike that from the record. Maybe we'll be able to edit that out. Nobody heard me say that. Anyway, um, I loved I loved it. And thank you again, Lynn, for setting this all up. And thank you for to Daniel Gillies for joining us for not only a half hour, but he actually spoke to us for over an hour. So that was awesome. Yes, he is amazing. And I hope he manages to get his dinner ordered in time for his guests and doesn't have to make them wait for that, too. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we don't um, want to late for dinner. <laughs> That's okay. He'll just blame it all on you. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's okay. I can take it. It's okay. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I was I was saying in the chat room before that um man between Daniel Gillies and Matt Davis, they must have had the most absurd conversations on set. Oh god, I can only imagine. <laughs> right. And I'd love to get Matt Davis on again to talk about the cult um that's coming mm. up soon. So um I'm gonna try and get Amy on that. What? I think it's February nineteenth. Yeah, February 19th is coming up. Um, we were lucky enough to get a previewed copy of Cult uh, from the CW and um, got a chance to, to take a look at it to see, you know, basically what the show was going to be about, uh, some extended trailers and stuff like that. But it looks like an amazing show. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with it because it has um, an aspect of in the show itself is like a story within a story within a story, but it has to do with a group of people that are um, that are basically doing what a lot of people have been doing with Vampire Diaries and Twilight and uh, Moonlight, where they're doing like role-playing, like mm-hmm. online role-playing and, and um, figuring out mysteries and on message boards and stuff like that, but that's actually built into cults. So um, I'm interested to see how they're actually going to do that, if they're going to play into that whole social networking and create a game out of it um, for cults. So I'm excited about that. But I'm sorry, we went totally off topic, and that's that's my fault because I've just been crazy today. Um, Do you know where Broken Kingdom is playing? I know you said you saw it, but I'm obviously nowhere near you. Do you know if it's playing in the East Coast, on the East Coast? It's online. Um, I've got the the website listed right there in the little 
paragraph blurb up there where we talk about Daniel up there at the top. Um, okay. It, it's not in theaters or anything. It is online, and it is live streaming or downloadable worldwide. So, okay. you know, people who tweet saying, oh, can I see it in whatever, Timbuktu, you know, yes. Anywhere that has the Internet, you can go to this website and live stream both films, Kingdom Come and Broken Kingdom, or you can download them and keep them forever on your computer. So, you know, burn them to a DVD, and they're yours forever, and it's only five U.S. dollars a piece or eight dollars for both of them. So you can't beat that. That's cheaper than a theater for two movies. Right. Exactly. And again, that's www.brokenkingdomfilm.com for people who have listened to this interview um, and who have for some reason missed the intro. But um, it's definitely uh, worth going to check out. I will be looking for that. As soon as I get some money, I will definitely, because I am beyond broke right now, um, as soon as I get some money, I will absolutely be downloading that, that film. Definitely need to do that and check it out. He's proud of it, and he has reason to be. It's an amazing film, really is. When he was when he was discussing it, it sounded very intriguing, and it it didn't seem like um as, and he doesn't seem like a fluff person either. But it didn't seem like a fluff film. Um, it sounded like it had some very deep um, meaning behind it. That there was uh, a, a thread of of um, intellect that, that was going through the entire film, and it, it was very intriguing to hear about it from him personally. So I'm really glad that he was able to come on, that he was able to make it for, uh, you know, way under standard industry uh, cost, yeah. and that it's doing so well. So um, that's awesome. Anyway, Miss Lynn, it is time for us to say goodnight. I hope that everybody will join us tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the VRO. We will be recapping, Amy and Shelley and I will be recapping Arrow. And then later, uh, Arrow and then Amy and Shelley will be recapping Supernatural in the same show. Um, And then at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Ashley and I will be recapping American Horror Story Asylum. So if you guys have liked this interview um, and would like to hear more of the VRO, feel free to check us out on www.thevro.com. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, at the VRO on Twitter. And um, you can find us, of course, on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com, and I believe it's under the VRO. Thanks again, Lynn. Thank you, Jessica. I will talk to you guys <laughs> tomorrow. Okay. Good night, and thank you for all your help, and good night to everybody out there and online. Great. Thanks, Lynn. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye. Good night.